to Tech Minds. I'm your host, Melissa Gurney Green. We're going to totally geek out today on um, good wine and technology. I'm excited to be joined by my co host, Colin Gallagher. Hey, hey, hey. And Scott DeLandy. How are y'all doing? Hi. Wonderful. Better now. Better now. Yes. (laughs) That's part of the day. Always good to start a little awkward, you know, this is episode 23, nobody likes you when you're 23, I hear, so um, we're going to try to change that up a bit and and go into spooky tech and spooky wine. So um, I guess the wine is up first. I have a confession, I am totally unprepared for this. Oh no. I I looked for spooky wine last week and last weekend. Mm-hmm. And wasn't happy with anything, and then told myself I was going to go do it this week, and then got preoccupied and swamped with a bunch of other things. And so today I was hunting for anything that could qualify, and it's really going to be a stretch, but it's not. It's not spooky anyway. You didn't have the it's tequila okay, wine. Colin. It's oh, yeah. it's it's procrastination wine, which is its yes. own kind of spooky. So but so did, what is so, it? <laughs> what I did, I, I ended up with Au Contraire Rosé. Ooh. And sort of my. My um, my really really lame attempt at bringing this into the theme is that it's sort of an unusual bottle, and so it's sort of like in a costume. Um, huh. uh, you can see the shape; it's very, you know, it's almost like yeah. a whiskey bottle shape. It's a whiskey bottle yeah. shape. Yeah. So it's yeah. So actually, when I saw it, 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 literally, it's what I had in the house. When I saw it in the house, I was like, I didn't look at it at first. I was like, oh, that's a whiskey bottle, and I was like, why is a whiskey bottle rosé? And so. Um, so it's it's in costume. It's 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 rosé pretending pretending to be it's pretending to be whiskey. I guess that was my lame attempt. But it's a um, it's a uh, Pinot uh, Noir rosé. So I'm tying a little bit of the theme from last week back in. Um, I should have thought about this for last week uh, as well. Um, but um, it and um, and you know I think it's it's really well done and it's nice and I sort of was in the mood for rosé and or something white. I was actually going to do something white because the white is spooky for me, but I couldn't find any decent whites that I actually would drink in the house. So, so I apologize. I apologize. I'm totally unprepared. See, for the, but now for the, okay now for the, was really good. For the listening audience, let me just break down what you just heard. So Colin is a seasoned marketing professional. And part of the role of being a seasoned marketing professional is to be quick on your feet because there will be many <laughs> situations that you will be thrust into where you are ill-prepared, sometimes due to your own, um, just not getting ready, and sometimes due to just bad information. And so you get put up there, and you have to improvise, and you have to do whatever it is to connect the dots, to tell the story, to basically meet minimum requirement to say, yes, I I know what I'm talking about. And so I think, (laughs) I don't want to call you out, but I would say that was just kind of motor muscle, uh, muscle, um, memory muscle, going into effect being, hey, I'm on the spot and I'm going to just grab this bottle of wine that I have in the house and I'm going to somehow make it spooky. Yep. Oh, you're admitting it. No, I I think totally. I mean, I knew I was going to have to do something and I think you're absolutely right. It's just, you know, but we, you know, we've trained, we have, we, we have that, you know, sort of go-to feel, you know, and I'd rather do do that with a bottle of wine in front of you guys and a couple hundred listeners than, you know, on stage in front of seven, 8,000 people, which I've also done. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, as a representative of a product management, right, you know, the, the keepers Uh-oh. of the truth, um, I, uh, I oh, followed instructions. Holy crap, you're going there. <laughs> uh, well, all right. The, um, 
<laughs> oh, Maybe. we're gonna have fun tonight, people. Yes, we are. We're already off. I yes, it's been a it's been a really long. I, I, I was told we so, don't have enough clickbait titles, so we're gonna have a clickbait title today. Oh, keepers really? okay. of Funny the marketing. truth. Truth, yes. Keep the keepers of the, uh, keepers <laughs> of the truth. Um, so I went with um a uh, a red blend uh from Sierra Hills. So that's uh in California. Um, it is an area that is one of the, if not the oldest, um, wine producers, um, in, in the Americas. Um, it was actually, the area was, uh, first put into use in 1848 during the gold rush. And the claim to fame is because of the warmth and the high altitude. It was one of the places that they could first bring in European grapes in order to produce the wine. And so I went with a, uh, a red blend because I love the red blends. And this is apparently a rare red blend for the region, but it's a, uh, a bottle called Omen, just like the movie. Not the remake of the movie, but the real movie. The Omen. remake was also called Omen, but go ahead. It, it was, but, it, but this, but this <laughs> so it has a, a picture of a kind of a spooky farmhouse with, you know, kind of just like dead grass and like wrought iron fences. And it looks, it's a very spooky bottle. And so it, 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 I, it met the, the criteria to fit into the spooky category. And it uh, was a red blend. And I'm always down with the, uh, with the red blends. Now, what you saw there was a seasoned uh, product management professional that realized that he had three minutes to prepare. So he did a quick Google search and picked up random facts and wrote them down on a piece of paper and was able to stitch a story together on the fly to make it sound like this was something that went through all the phases of product management from design, plan, to, you know, end of life. And, and here we are. So um, How's good the execution wine. on that? The, yeah. the, ex, the execution, <laughs> it's probably been too good. Um, Colin was complaining about his, his he bought this uh, nice set of headphones, this high-end set of headphones, and he's not using them. He's using his uh, AirPods right now because, as he claimed, the headphones worked too well. So he was <laughs> unable to use them. I'm nice. sorry. No, I, they, they, you, heard, I said, you heard last week. I mean, you, you, I did a little bit of scrubbing on it, but like there was like way too much breath noise and background noise being picked up in it. Um, but I, I am working. I do have a plan. I did start a plan for redoing the space. Um, um, so I'm going to make it a little more sound friendly and things like that. But um, see, I now the market, the marketing folks would come up and say, well, you know what? It works too well. It's not that it doesn't work yeah, bad. It, it, well, it no. works. It works too well. The product management folks would say, you know what? It wasn't designed for that use case. You're using it the wrong <laughs> way. Yes, yes. <laughs> Both are technically correct. Yes, yes exactly. And I, and exactly. I will let you know that I'm on my AirPods Pro today because uh, I wouldn't just use. You guys deserve more than regular AirPods. Use the AirPods Pro. Nice. Excellent. Which, by oh. the way, have fallen out of my ears twice while exercising. But. Oh, yep, because no. they because they work too well. That's the release function, so that you know the um, no because they ear, say product, no no your, no because the product manager use. made a trade off between ear fit and noise and noise cancellation, and they erred on the side of noise cancellation versus ear fit. Function over form. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I get it. There was a there was a trade off meeting, and that happened. I'm sure. <laughs> One in a hundred times they'll fall out, but a hundred times they'll give you much better noise cancellation. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Melissa, we're what are you drinking? We're totally geeking out. Yes, what are you drinking, Melissa? Melodramatic 
macabre. So Ooh. it's got this really cool kind of um, artsy thing going on with the picture on the bottle, which is really just two pictures cut into strips and kind of layered together, right? Um, yeah, but it's, it's really like fun. Just for the for the audience, it almost looks like it's been through a, a wide band shredder and reassembled. Yes, yes, exactly. So so it's got like this picture of a woman that looks pretty calm in this picture of like some kind of crazy man that kind of looks like the Green Goblin a la the older Spider-Man movies. All right, so... hold up hold up the bottles again because I got to get the picture. Otherwise, <laughs> it didn't happen. There we go. Got it. Excellent. Okay. So we got that down. But it is also a red blend from 2018, also from California. So McFarland, California, which I have no idea where that is because um, what is research? Uh, had a conference I was supporting today. I didn't. <laughs> I got the wine ahead of time, but didn't didn't do much research this time. Um, but it is really really nice. It's a little on the lighter side, kind of sweet. Got this dark cherry kind of um, thing going on. So uh, love it. Definitely more in line with your table wine price point, I'd say. And. Uh, the mix of reds, it says 10% damsel, 90% villain. So that's as good as you get. <laughs> that's nicely done. <laughs> See, right there, I would have pulled the trigger on that one all yeah. day long. I'm surprised they get away with labeling that way, but I guess, yeah, I guess you don't have to label the, the content. Yeah, you, you don't. Blend, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I didn't, I didn't describe my rosé. Um, um, it's a pretty dry rosé. Um, you know, again, it's, it's, it's a Pinot grape, um, so it's sort of light, not overpowering. Um, Little hints of, um, you know, some some light cherry, a little sweeter cherry, but um, really well done. But not pleasant, a very pleasant rosé. Nice, nice. So, so we okay. should probably get into the tech a little bit, huh? Mm -hmm. So the job was spooky tech, yes. and since Colin went first on the wine, we'll go oh, with Scott man. on the tech. But this could be tech that scares you. This could be tech that you just find generally spooky, like Halloween themed, whatever. It could just be tech horror stories, right? We've got a lot of those. So, so what do you've got for us, Scott? So I, I think the thing that's becoming more and more spooky is the the home assistant. Um, because it is, you know, it's Space Odyssey 2001. It's, you know, someone telling me to get out and that scary voice like from uh, Polter, uh, not Poltergeist, um, oh, Amityville Horror. I mean, it's, it's all those things. It's just these, these voices. And so what I've, what I've discovered, so I was doing a little bit of research, but one of the um, cool things that you can do, and if you're listening to this, this will be a great one, is you can um, ask you-know-who to play a scary scream and you can program it to go off at a specific time. So if you know everyone's going to be sitting around at, you know, seven o'clock watching something or doing something or whatever it is, you can have it automatically go off where you just hear somebody screaming going through the walls. Um, so that's definitely one I'm going to go ahead and try. So a fun little trick there. But um, uh, I, I think I mentioned this last time. So I started doing all this kind of home automation and I started building in all of these voice commands that kick off multiple routines, right? So, so now I've got the, 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 the Wi-Fi enabled coffee pot down there. So when I get up in the morning, I tell you know who to start my day. And when I do that, 
the coffee pot goes off. I get the weather report. I get the news. And I also get some uh, what's happening in the uh, in the stock market. You know, is it going up? It's going down. But it gives me just enough time to kind of roll out of the sack, get ready so that by the time I get down there, you know, the coffee is three quarters of the way through. So it's it's been kind of a, a game changer because now, you know, you've got that routine. You've got the timing down, but you don't have to wake up at a specific time anymore. So, again, some mornings you're going to start a little bit earlier than others. And now I don't have to worry about setting a specific time for things to happen and having to be there. I can just kind of throw the command out. And but but the 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 scary part is that it becomes pretty addictive because now you start to look around at all of the other mundane things that you're doing, and it's like, oh my God, I can I can enable this. Like I'm already thinking. So the holidays are coming up. I mean, I'm thinking of starting to put stuff up like November one. For uh, for Christmas, yeah, I'm that crazy. Oh, no, and, no, 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 I am. I might next, just, man. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't day know. after but, Thanksgiving, but now for like, acceptable so, day. So now yeah. when I have like you know you know downtime or just you know I'm in a meeting and not paying attention, not that that happens all that often, you know I'm checking out on Amazon to see what are the other devices and things that are available that I can use to kind of control through you know automation and, and you know for the holiday stuff. So. Um, so yeah, that's becoming kind of spooky because it's it's just you know things automatically happen. And I don't have to think about it, which is kind of cool. Now, if, now if you know who could actually you know make the coffee the night before, that would definitely improve things. But I'm sure that's the next wave of of AI that that is sure to come. Well, I mean, I'm sure you could get a coffee set that'll do that for you and and prep everything ahead of yeah. time, or even in real time right before so it's more fresh right it's just a matter of how much yeah. you want to spend you're you're, feed, you're feeding <laughs> the mon- you're feeding the monster over here melissa yeah. you're feeding the monster i know yeah I you, know. you, you actually... need the one automatic grind and everything else internet yeah. enabled yeah yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. need that ten thousand dollar home coffee machine is what you need in order okay. to get all that all stuff right. happening that's yep. that's a little excessive but that's that's where it is right now <laughs> So yeah, so that's that's a spooky piece, and then and then yeah, we were talking a little bit about um, some of the you know the Halloween movies um, that are you know coming around now, and and there are a lot of remakes out there, um, and I I kind of said you know because of the wine omen you know the remake wasn't that great, and I I know I saw it but I don't remember it. Um, there are a couple of good remakes that that I saw out there. There were two that I recently watched, and I was kind of surprised because like. Oh, I can't believe they redid this movie. This is going to be horrible, right? The first one was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Obviously, really? the original, the original from the mid '80s. You know, that was that was the scariest movie you ever Classic. saw in your life at that time because you've mm-hmm. never seen anything like that as far as. And I remember going to the movie theater and being like scared coming out of that, going, "Oh my god!" Yep. So that one, that one got me. But there is a remake, and I don't know how old it is. But I kind of got like sucked into it and I started watching it and I was like, you know what? Not terrible. I mean, you kind of know like the the kind of the general plot and, and, you know, there's obviously a lot more gore and, and, you know, because the special effects are way more advanced nowadays than they were back then. But I, I honestly watched and I was like, you know what? It, it wasn't terrible. I, it was it was it was a decent movie. The other one that I saw recently and I hadn't seen it before because I was like, oh, here's a movie that they're going to ruin was um, Halloween. Mm. So I don't know if you've seen the remake for Halloween. And one of the I things have. I didn't, I started watching it and I was like, it's pretty good. And, you know, they got me here and I wasn't expecting that. And there was some twists and some things. And it just had this. And I was like, I, I, this movie feels familiar, but 
but I don't know why because it, it's kind of loosely based on Halloween, but it feels like like something else. And then at the end when it came up, it was directed by Rob Zombie. I think he he produced it and he directed it. And I was like, ah, okay, now it makes sense because you know uh, you know the um the th- what is it the Night of a Thousand Corpses and. The and House of a Thousand House Corpses. of a Thousand Corpses, yeah, all of that. And it had very much the, the feel of those. And those, by the way, the, the trilogy, if you haven't seen the third one, the third one I think is better than the second one, not as good as the first one, um, but but that one was pretty good as well. So, so again, the remakes, I was kind of surprised by how good some of the remakes were because I just flat out rejected them when I first saw them. The one re- The one remake that I saw that was nowhere near as good as the original was um oh my god i can't believe i'm blanking on it the one um uh blair witch project right that's hard to beat though like they had everybody fooled for a while that was some amazing marketing that was yes and it was so low it was just you know the there was no production value to it all it was all based on just you know somebody running around with a, a hand camera. But yeah, that one was pretty good. And then I did see the remake. I can't say I saw the whole thing, but I got enough of it to say, you know, this is horrible. This is one of those ones that they should have never touched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know going into the remake that it's not actual fo- footage that was found, right? Right. In the original, they had the whole hype cycle around this is found footage. You didn't see the actors anywhere. You didn't know who they were ahead of time. Like, they did a really good job of managing that whole thing to to make it the scariest movie it could be. And then you rewatch it later and you're like, ah, it's not as scary. But (laughs) But they did an amazing job. Well, I, so I don't, I, it, it, it's not as scary the first time you saw it, but there's still some parts, like like when they're in the tent and like all the noise around in the tent, and it's like, you know, if you go outside in in the dark and you're by yourself, and it's like, oh my God, is the witch out there? So yeah, that one <laughs> that one left a, that one left an impression, for sure. Now, I haven't seen a good horror movie in a while, um, but I haven't seen many horror movies in a while either. I've been sort of. The the one that the one that and I'll shut up after this. This will be my last one. The one that I just saw that I was kind of surprised was um, the the Adam Sandler one. Hubie Halloween. I was going to talk about that. It's Did not you, really okay. a horror movie, but go ahead. No, it's not good. It's so I had I had zero expectations um, watching that because like oh, it's you know Adam Sandler and he's had some good ones like Uncut Gems. I thought was excellent and he got short change on that one because I thought he was amazing in that. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the Hubie one, I was like, oh, this is going to be like another silly water boy type of whatever. Very much a reprise of water boy with a Halloween theme. I, I, yeah, well, yes, it was silly. It was goofy, but it was something that you could watch with the kids. It was very wholesome. Yes. Yes. And it had a good lesson without being too preachy, which I also appreciated. It had a good lesson, but there were, there were so many, um, uh, Easter eggs that they had put in it. Like they would have the radio disc jockey that sounded exactly like the Warriors, right? Many yeah. people don't know what I'm talking about, but in the late 70s, there was this uh, movie made 
called the Warriors about this street gang that got, you know, accused of killing some gang leader and they had to make it back to Coney Island and they were all the other gangs were chasing them. And what stitched all the scenes together was the voice of the DJ that would be talking to all the gangbangers out there about what was happening as far as everybody trying to track this down. And they did the exact same thing in, in the Adam Sandler movie, which I thought was great. And I tried to explain, I was like, oh my God, you have no idea how awesome this is. And they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. You know what I thought it was awesome? How how like the majority of the females were just Harley Quinn. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I'd... like, you know that would have happened had it not been for COVID this year. <laughs> you just know, right? <laughs> but I mean it happened a few years ago, um, yeah. with Suicide Squad and whatnot and yeah, I, I was at really a, I was at an EMC forum and they had they had their the booth babes dressed up as Harley Quinn, and it was a brilliant idea. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was totally sexist, but it was a brilliant idea. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Last Oops. thing I'll say about that movie is there were a ton of cameos in it, mm-hmm. but my favorite cameo was Vic Tabak as the guy who was working at the diner. Now, if you don't remember who Vic Tabak was, and you guys obviously probably don't, remember a TV show from the late seventies called Alice, where it was yes, about a divorced oh, yeah, mom, yeah, and she worked yeah. at a restaurant. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I forget the name of the restaurant, but the owner was Vic Tabak, and they yeah. actually had him as the guy that owned the restaurant oh. that the whatever, I forget her the character's name, but the one that Adam Sandler was trying to um, uh, connect with. Not to, I, I hope I'm not, you know. Yeah, the show was Alice, right? Alice, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kiss my kiss my grits. Kiss my grits. That's exactly it. But the, but he he had a, he was the he owner had, or the he was the owner or the chef. He was the cook. It was a diner. Yeah, we never knew if he was the owner, but he was the cook. Yes, right. Yeah. He was the cook, but he was in he was in uh, as a cameo for that. And there were all these other cameos that I thought were just absolutely brilliant. So it's great for the kids because to Melissa's point, it's a very wholesome story, and you can follow through. And there's a message at the end. And it's, you know, it's well done. It really is a well done. And this this is one of those ones that will have legs, right? This will be one of these instant, maybe not instant, but it'll definitely be a, a kind of a classic around uh, the holiday season because it is that good. But f- for the adults, which I love when they do this, is they put in all the Easter eggs with, you know, these, these references to these old movies. And they put all the, you know, the cameos of all these people that nobody knows who they are. And it's like, oh, my God, that's the guy from Alice. And people look at you going, what the F are you talking about? Who the hell is Alice? So anyway. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's set in Salem. And it looks to be actually like it might have been filmed there. I've, I've been was, there for a few Halloweens, yeah. and it very much looked like it was filmed there. It was 1,000%. Like and that's the other cool thing is when you see like just the, the places where they're shooting from, and you recognize it's like, oh, my God, I know what that is. I know what that is. I know you know all that I've, stuff. I've that been was, to that creepy uh, New Age the store. Muse- in the Witch's Museum. <laughs> and yeah. the Witch's Museum, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> It's like I've seen all that stuff. That's that's either very good set or they're actually there. <laughs> nope, no, they were there. It was a good yeah. movie though. So my my um, let me I'll do I'll do a random aside. And since we're talking about creepy and spooky, um, my closest my my favorite uh, uh, freaky film of all time is The Exorcist. Yes, I just saw that the other. Yeah, go ahead. Um, and then The Exorcist three, but I'll explain The Exorcist three in a second. Um, and I would, I would, you know, The Exorcist is a great freaking movie. Yes. And I didn't realize until I showed up as a freshman at Georgetown that it was written by 
a Jesuit from Georgetown and filmed <gasps> off right off campus. So that house is literally a block off campus. Those stairs are right next to it. They're not as close. It'd be really hard to fall off the window and then across the lawn and yeah. then down. But yeah. you know, they shrunk that. But yeah. That, and like, so when I used to have to go for ROTC, I'd have to, on Fridays, that's, that was the way you got down. I had to walk up and down those freaking stairs and they're freaking awful. And so there was always that tie with, you know, like, thing. Um, Did you start then, mumbling to yourself, the power of Christ compels, compels you, you as you walk by the yes, house? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, and so, but... You know, and Georgetown has a sense of humor. And in the middle of the campus is a graveyard where they bury the Jesuits. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's li- it was literally next to my freshman dorm. And the great experience was that they, they play the exorcist every Halloween. And at midnight, they open up the gates, the graveyard, and you go into the graveyard and you howl at the stroke of midnight. Nice. Nice. Um, Very nice. And, and then, you know, X2, which sucks. We all admit X2 sucks. We're not going to talk about it. It doesn't exist in the canon. X3 mm-hmm. um, sort of brings it back. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, it's, yes. Um, yeah. I've seen them all. <laughs> so X3 was filmed in the student center at Georgetown. Really? And, and literally that scene where she comes up, that, that, that hospital was actually the student center. They remade it there, I guess, over the summer or something. And when I first, after I graduated, was working at Georgetown doing IT work, I, my office was next to where she comes out of him with the, with the giant scissors and the shears oh. and kills him. Yeah, it was always, so it was, it's always had a special place in my heart. Nice. Yeah. So what's your technology spookiness? So I, I was going to go a little bit along the same lines you did, Scott, which is, you know, it's, it's our sense of privacy, right? It's what we give up for all these things. You know, what, you know, the fact that, you know, I'm, I want to be able to sit down and say, hey, you know who, watch television. Mm-hmm. And I have an active speaker in my house as a result of that, right? And I don't know what's happening to all that data. Um, and, you know, all these always on things scare the freaking bejesus out of me because we all know that, you know, people are storing this data. <laughs> They're buying stuff to store it on. It isn't going away, Right. You know, um, we, we, you know, and we know, you know, we know how much the Maryland procurement office does with all the, you know, the phone calls and stuff they record. And, you know, there's only, you know, with the unlimited budgets that some of these tech companies have, this data is going to exist out there and it's going to be put to uses we don't think about in 5, 10, 15 years. Um, you know, that's one. That, and that's, and that's the, the conscientious thing. I think I don't think people think about that. And then there's the ones where I think people are getting duped into providing data. Um, you know, all these Facebook challenges where, oh, you know, age yourself, face morph. Yeah, yeah yes, know, yes, these yes. These Russian and Chinese companies are doing yeah, yeah. something with that data, I guarantee you, right? Yes. It's not, you know, they're not doing it for the sheer S's and G's of it, right? There's no, there's no ROI in them building this app and putting it out there. They're using it to train algorithms, et cetera. You know, I think we've talked about this before is AI algorithms depend heavily on data. And right. what's the best way to get data? Put something out there that people want to submit their, you know, their face picture to or something, et cetera. Yeah. Or, or yeah. even just the ones that read your profile and give you uh, an analysis of who you are. Yeah. Like yeah. all of well, it ends in <laughs> them collecting well, data on you. Yes. Yeah, or, you exactly. or you take a picture and you have them turn it into yeah. an anime object. Right? It could be as simple as something like that. <laughs> Snapchat's going to do what Snapchat does regardless. 
So <laughs> signing yes. into Snapchat, you're 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 signing yourself up for that. But thank you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I did one too. Yeah, <laughs> so, of course you did. Yeah, of course I did. I was like, oh my god, that is so awesome. What do I look like? And I was like, yeah, my hair wasn't as tall as it as I, I would have liked it but i guess okay well the the anime snapchat filter which is what you're referring to scott is is one where i've noticed that your hair changes based on how close or how far or the light like i can go from from red to brown to purple to all different colors just based on how i hold the phone so so for that one it's it's a bit of trial and error getting what you want to see in there but like at one point um my middle son who who found it and started playing with it um had blonde hair brown hair then black hair and obviously he's um he's only one of those but ah. <laughs> but based on how he held the camera and the in the kind of um lighting situation it it changed quite a bit which was interesting so here's my here's my three quarters of a bottle gone of Actually, I had a glass from the old, but by the way, thank you so much for the wine saver. So uh, Melissa was so kind as <laughs> to from last week's episode to send the uh, the device that allows you to take an open bottle of wine and to pressurize it and to seal it. So I actually had a leftover bottle. Uh, and after my last call today, actually towards the end of my last call today, I f finished the, uh, the last uh, bottle of wine. It wasn't a serious call. So it was just a couple of folks chatting about stuff. Um, so I'm three quarters of the way done with uh, tonight's selection. So I'll give you my my theory on kind of the the data privacy in the collection and all these social media sites doing that. Um, I, my the way I look at it is I have to think of myself or I have to be aware that I am Morpheus, right? Where I know that I'm in this make believe world where things don't really exist and. You know, everything is not as it seems, and I'm being provided the things that I want to see and that I want to think because they, they want to keep me happy and they want to basically control my behavior. But I'm aware of it, right? So that's different than being Nemo because Nemo comes in, and Nemo, and we're talking about um, 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 the Matrix, right? Neo, uh, not Nemo. Nemo's Neo. a fish. Where did <laughs> I say fish? Nemo. Nemo. I was wondering. So three Nemo's different. Like, yes. Three <laughs> So Nemo, he's a fish. He's swimming he's around. He's a like, fish, and he just goes around on un unawares. The metaphor like, will work regardless. But go what on. The, what the hell is he talking about? Um, so Neo. I thought you were trying so, to make a Dory reference, which he can't no, remember anything. No, no. But then, but then you have Neo, who Neo is unaware of. It's this is going on, and then you have to try and explain to him, hey, this is the you're, the reality that you're living in is actually not the reality, right? So I think as long as you're more like Morpheus and you know, hey, they're going to take this data and they're going to use it. And I need to be careful about what goes out there. This stuff that, you know, I don't care. The fact that I, you know, wake up at, you know, 645 in the morning and you know, my coffee's made for me and, you know, all this other stuff, you know, that's data that if, hey, if they, they can mine something out of that and find it useful, that's that's cool. Let them let them do that. But like some of the other stuff around, you know, the the content that I get fed. Right. Any content that's recommended for me or anything that gets pushed to me, you know, completely ignore it. Right. Because I'm not going to feed the algorithm so that they can start to figure out my behavior. And I'm also going to start to, like, look at things or make them think that I'm into things that I'm really not into just to kind of make the algorithm have to work a little bit harder. <laughs> right. I know. So, I know a lot of people that do that. 
Yeah. So I, I think, I, again, I, 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 I say you, you can't avoid it. That's a great app or business, right? by the way. Hey, here's, it, it, you know, here's a randomizer app that will randomize your, your online activity because it'll just go, you push a button, it'll go hit a bunch of random things and, and yeah. randomize you. So, I, again, I don't think you, you can avoid it, but there are ways that you can kind of, you know, turn it back and control it because you kind of know that it's a simplistic sort of algorithm, maybe not simplistic in, in, For now. in the sense that, but, but yeah, but, but it's, it's something that's constantly tracking and every time you, you tap or where your finger goes on the phone or the device or whatever it is, there's something that's taking that and feeding it into some, you know, mathematical computational model to figure out, okay, what do I do next to influence the behavior of this person? As long as you know that that's what they're trying to do and you have that upfront always in terms of how you interact with the application, then, okay, at least, at least you're not doing something that they're tricking you into doing. And I think a lot of people aren't aware of that and don't think of it that way. I, th I think they're going to be trying to trick you into doing something regardless. Um. <laughs> So it's like, is it is it a game but, of chess or is it a game of checkers, right? Or is it go? I think right now it's chess. <laughs> that's I, I that's, think right now it's, the it's a game of checkers. Yeah. yeah, it's a game of checkers where you know they're gonna you know go left or right and you know is it red or black? But but I, I agree with you. It, it will eventually morph into chess as they begin to collect more data and then they you know there's an algorithm that says ah. He's one of this one percent of these people that think this way, and they think that by doing this. So yeah, spooky, spooky for sure. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, there's there's a lot going on there in data collection and whatnot. And what's what's reassuring to me is is that the technology is still so new and and flawed that um, that they can't quite get it right yet because there is the potential to kind of control the masses with it. And, and do things. I mean, right now, um, Facebook, for example, which is probably the biggest um, offender and, and user of stuff like this, has it all wrong, thankfully, for me, at, at the very least. So um, every once in a while, they'll send me something that's interesting in the ads. But, but for the most part, they've got me all wrong, which, um, which I appreciate. But I know a lot of people work to combat that stuff um, to varying degrees of success. But it is super spooky that, that they can do it, that they're allowed to do it, and that that information can be shared with a lot of other companies that you're not necessarily personally authorizing. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, the funny thing is, I used to work for a company that sold infrastructure to Facebook for their AI initiatives. Um, uh, and you guys didn't, so you can figure that out which one that is. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty uh, easy one. Yeah, pretty easy. Um, but for me, it's actually, it's you know, the other thing that's scary about it is, and, and this goes back to, I'm going to throw this back to your product management um, point, Scott, is I think too many times a lot of these discussions are being made about what people can do or, you know, what we can do with the technology versus what's right to do with the technology. Yeah, yeah. Ethics yeah. are kind of out the window. Yeah, yeah. The and instant so, somebody starts getting a bonus on it, ethics are out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. I mean, again, it's just just because we can do it, the technology doesn't mean we should, and we really need to think about that. And, and the fact that we don't often enough, and it's too too often after the fact, that's scary and spooky. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's interesting for sure. It's it's so it'll be interesting to see you know what this all looks like in another five, ten, fifteen years, right? It'll be completely different, and and at least in fifteen, like. 
I think about all the changes that have happened in the past 17 years. Um, I, I have my reasons for that timeline, but um, but all of the things that are, that have come to be the the iPod, the iPhone, the um, real usable cell phone, the smartphone, the kind of abandonment of hard phone lines and <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah. 15 years in technology is is a, an a huge huge amount of time and the way we're growing and innovating and doing things it's 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 going to be an entirely different world i think well, in 15 years well what i actually think i actually think too. is i think we need to have you know we have so it's as my screensaver told me this month it's compliance month um, yeah it's <laughs> like the corporate push screensaver changed october 1st and, and i'm now fucking compliance month anyhow Thank, oh, thank you, Big joy. Brother. Um, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> mini, mini true at work. Um, uh, but, you know, what I really wish we would do is, we, you know, and again, I understand. And actually, one of the things I do want to talk about, Melissa, if you're okay, is I think you described something offline that was scary today, and I think we should mention it. Okay. Um, but I do, you know, sexual. So, but, you know, I understand the importance of sexual harassment because people obviously still don't fucking get it. Um, I would love to have an ethics right question not about you know what i do with my data but what do you do with your technology right you know sort of much more strategic conversation you know not 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 where something like hey prevent us from getting sued but here's a required training on how you should think about practical use for your technology yeah 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 um both that and and how you should how you should use your technology for for good right um there there's been a lot of cool ethics discussions and and kind of um, things that were put out there um, around the conferences that I've been to um, that kind of focus on technology, but also diversity around like how you can actually single out voters based on quote unquote randomized demographics and, and anonymous data, how anonymous data isn't necessarily anonymous, um, which, which is, which is interesting. And, and I think, yeah, more, more training, but also um, more incentives to just do the right thing <laughs> needs to be there. But uh, but yeah, the the incident being referred to is is uh, semi public, I guess. Now it's it's something that happened at our conference where um, a couple things happened. Somebody made a comment that was inappropriate um, for a female speaker, which we took care of right away, of course, um, and and generally you know this treatment of women in technology i think that that we can talk about where where and it's not just women but my experience is with women so that's what we're going to talk about um where where it's like the assumed expert is not necessarily you regardless of your credentials regardless of your training you show up and they're like oh you're with marketing or oh you're with this or oh you're with that and when you show up as the subject matter expert and you're treated that way or you're asked about your clothes or you're asked about other things that the guys just don't get, right? Nobody's asking, nobody's asking, hey, what are you wearing? It's like, what do you mean, what am I wearing? I'm bringing a button-down shirt and some pants. What do you want? Like, but, but there are things that go into being other in technology that... Um, that have to be dealt with and have to be dealt with pretty aggressively in order to, in order to kind of, to kind of just e exist and have, have a good experience. And, 
And um, I'm thankful for people who, who moderate both officially and unofficially and, and kind of push back on those people because it's, it's kind of nuts out there. And unfortunately now, with everything being digital, it's more nuts than I think it would be in person. Because in person, those conversations happen, but they're not public. Right. On digital, they're yeah. all public, so everybody sees it, as opposed to two dudes, you know, a row in front of you having what they think is a private conversation that you overhear about, you know, what, what a specific person looks like in their clothes and, you know, how smart he or she is, which is usually how... It's usually targeted at the other, whether whether that person is is male or female or, or non-binary. It's usually targeted at someone who, who is a bit different from whatever standard issue is. Yeah, so it's, I, I think, you know, with everything becoming, you know, digital as far as gatherings and, and these types of events... You're gonna you're gonna get the trolls, right? Because this is you know sort of the the Facebook mentality where you know not only am I not gonna like whatever it is, and I don't even know if that's what you do with Facebook, but I'm gonna go ahead and post a comment, and you know there's just all these it's just this opportunity for people because I don't have to physically say this to you or be in front of you, or look I, you I, in the face, yeah. So I'm just you know some name, and you know you don't know who I am, you don't know. Where, where I am and, and I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to say this because, and these are things that I would not say, obviously not, not me, but these are things people would not say to others if they were, you know, in, you know, physically in front of them, but because that you've got this digital mask, you can, you, you know, you think that you can get away with it. So it's, it's interesting, you know, the, the people that think that way, but, but I, I would say this, you know, there are trolls out there and that's just the way it is i mean i but, i have a tiktok account and it i shouldn't be I, the way it is though and we I, should we should be harsher but, on this but I, I, I agree. I think, I think yeah. there's a difference there's a difference between trolls for people who sort of do this sort of you know on a regular basis and people who as you said who feel like there's no repercussion for them to sort of you know color outside the lines and do something yep. completely stupid and idiotic because yeah. you're never doing you're never doing anything about trolls, and I think you know the, the shame and the shame is that people think because they are anonymous, because you know it's a virtual setting, they can be a fucking dick, and the normal the normal social conventions don't apply. Right. Yeah, I, I, believe me, I'm not excusing that at all. I'm just saying that that's you know that this is the stuff that you're going to see now are are things that are going to become more common just because it's easier to do and easier to get away with, and I don't think it's. I guess what I'm saying is I, I don't think it's representative that the behavior is increasing. I think the attitudes are there and have been there, but the ability to express those attitudes and not have to f be afraid of being called out or, you know, having to actually, you know, engage with whoever it is that you're saying something about, you know, makes them say, okay, I can get away with this. Right. Because I, I, I would hope that people that, that would do that would be in, in the majority, minority right and i don't think that that would be something that would be you, you know, would hopefully hope that it it's be... more prevalent than than you would think unfortunately like this this is something i deal with in my job in at some level on a weekly basis um specifically with the women i can't speak to to everyone but but specifically with the women especially it's oh it's it's everything from oh your talk isn't tech technical enough and it's like okay it was 10 times more technical than the dude that just spoke but go on <laughs> and and stuff like that and 
as much as, as the feeling is there and as much as I'm okay with you saying, oh, it's easy to get away with, I will find you. For real. Yeah, yeah. The mama bear's coming out. I will find you. And I will make sure, one, that you know that it's not okay. But two, if if this is your pattern, it's it's not going to be okay for you. Right? I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I've, I've lived through this enough. I've accepted that this is the way things are enough. It's not okay to continue accepting that this is the way things are. At least not for me. And not for my people. <laughs> Just to be yeah. clear. <laughs> like, well, uh, and, and, I will fight uh, that fight. I will die on that hill every day. Every day. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, no, uh, you said, no, I, I have, you know, I have given talks, right, at a variety of conferences. And I know how technical I am, right? Mm-hmm. You know? You know, I, I know what my technical background is and the number of comp sci courses I took in high school and, you know, <laughs> how many years I, I, I poorly coded, right? I know, I know where I sit in that totem pole. I, I know exactly, right? Um, so I know I come in light. No one has ever said to me, your talk wasn't technical enough. You know, they've, you know, you know they may, they've, they've said things, but it's not, a, you know, it's again, because I think it's, it's, it's white privilege. It's, you know, it's, you get, it's white male privilege and you get, um, you get that, um, you, you get that bias there. Oh, by the way, can I, I, I have, I, I, have shared, I haven't shared in the podcast. I may have shared with you, you guys probably on Twitter. Um, but speaking of, because I just want to put on the podcast, um, John Scalzi, one of my favorite science fiction authors has a really, really great blog. Okay. And he talks about a bunch of random things. And, and by the way, his, 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 I mean, his latest, his latest book series is about, a near future world where some virus incapacitates a good portion of the population and they and they become locked in they lose all muscle and motor control but their brains still work so people develop all this tech they develop all this technology to allow them to interact with the world and how they do it and and the the, the his story is about a detective one of the first locked in detectives who joins the police force through manipulating an avatar and you know things like that and so it's a very interesting concept and and sort of very germane um but just but he wrote about four, five years ago he wrote a blog post that i still i post once a year and it was called um it was called the, his he was like I was, his premise was he was trying to explain um inherent bias to his friends and he's a straight white male but he's an enlightened straight white male and he said the best way I can explain it to you is straight white male is the lowest difficulty setting on your game. Yes. Everybody has the same game, but the number of monsters and the ferocity of the monsters are different based on the setting. He said, you know, straight white male is the lowest, is difficulty level zero. Nightmare is, you know, is black gay female. <laughs> um, and, and for me, it just struck a chord. It's a great, you know, I'm always looking for great analogies. Right? Yeah. So I'll, I'll post that as well with it. But, um, it's just a great way to do it. And he's, he's also a great writer and he writes some really interesting shit. Oh, he also, by the way, for he also wrote a really great piece um, about four years ago, three years ago, a short story, one of my favorite pieces of literature ever written. It was called Red Shirts. Okay. And it was a, um, if you don't get Red Shirts, you should be listening to this podcast, first of all, to tune out now. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. It was written from the point of a red shirt on the... 
ship and on like mission and, and okay. on mission is, what the hell is going on why are we all dying <laughs> right nice <laughs> like and like what the hell is wrong you know with us like every, every time we go we beam down and, and one one less red shirt comes back at least yeah so so, <laughs> so it was, i just thought it was a creative you know it, it's brilliant it's a creative way to you know it's like we all know what a red shirt is you know, it's it's just you know we all know that they're expendable, and you know what would it be like to actually be a redshirt? So repeat yeah. the name of the author for the uh, for the listening audience so that we John can... Scalzi S C A L Z I. And his blog is I mean if you shirt for, you know, straight white male lowest difficulty setting you'll find it. I could probably do that right now for his blog, and then um, lock in is, is is lock in and there's a sequel to it that he that he just came out with. Is that one, and obviously Red Shirts is another one. Scouts. All right, duly noted. And, and he's written a bunch of stuff. I mean, if you've ever written read Old Man's War and a bunch of things, he's he's been around for a while. He's been around an interesting, um, hmm. interesting take on science fiction. All right. I'm sorry, the wine is kicking in. It yeah. is kicking. It's whatever dot dot com, by the way. Whatever dot See, great great branding yeah. for that. Yeah. There we go. This, the magic of. Uh, yeah. Being able to instantly access this information, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. which which is also kind of spooky, right? <laughs> the day where you have to. So go we we have just a couple minutes left, but I do have a non-tech question. Let's do it. Has everybody finished the boys? No. I am. I am. I I have episode seven that I have to go to watch tonight. Is that the last episode, or is there another one? Is episode seven the last one? So I've watched. I have one more episode left, unless they're releasing one on Friday. No, they released that. It's done. It's done. Okay, so I have the last episode to watch. But I watched episode seven. What the happened? Second what, happened what happened in that episode? Uh, this was the one where Homelander kidnapped his son at the end. So it was the one where the guy that threw the fire set himself yeah, yeah, on fire. Yeah. So was I think it, was that's... that also the, was that also the one with the congressional hearing? Yes, where yeah, the yeah, heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, heads okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, they, yeah. There's, there's one more after that. Yeah. Okay. There's one more. All right. So I have, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to go watch that one. So yes, yeah. that's my. Okay. That's my uh, guilty pleasure for the evening. I, Help I, me I, relax. I, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I thought the um, it, it, the ending was very very interesting. Okay. Yeah, we'll go into more of that, but yeah. All right. Good. I'm looking forward to it. I'll have to, I, maybe I'll have to open up another bottle of wine before I. Uh... Are you still watching that, Melissa? I the am boys? slowly getting through it. I just kind of started and then had to stop um, last so week. Col- was kind of crazy. So, ba- so basically, Colin ruined it for you. No, I didn't. No, no, no. Didn't <laughs> I didn't. Anything. I didn't describe things. I just said there was a congressional hearing. You just you actually yeah. described actions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I kind of tuned out because I knew I was going to watch it. So right. I'm, I'm smart right. like that. Good idea. Is this is this by the way is this the official Halloween episode or are we going to talk about Halloween again because we're like we can we can talk about Halloween again there's oh okay I figured okay. I figured we'd do spooky wine so people could prep for Halloween okay ah uh, I got you I got you but the Omen do, was yeah the Omen was actual... excellent by the way twenty dollars can't beat it mm-hmm. good blend yeah um very uh very drinkable very very drinkable I, I'm enjoying my rosé it's 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 helping the day goodbye. Rosé all day. Yeah, same. Same with mine. I'm I'm enjoying it. I also tried one called The Witching Hour. Ooh, what does that say? Something about a pug at home. Yes. It's not drinking not alone. Not drinking alone. 
Yes, when you, when you have a pug at home. Love it. <laughs> yeah, my wine glass for the listeners. Um, yeah. I, I was looking so now, into your so fun I, wine glasses. I, I'm up for next week. Ooh. And you what guys you sort of you guys sort of stole my theme already. Uh-oh. I wanted to do blends. We can oh. still do blends. Okay. Yes, please do blends. They're, they're, okay. That's easy. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah, interesting blends. Now I'm blends. sad that I plugged the witching hour because then... I know that's what I'm saying. Like it's like yeah, it's like it's like I was like oh you both of you guys did blends like damn it. I was like I had prepared that yeah. Actually, the witching hour version I tried was their cab soap, so I can yeah. still I can still yeah. do um, the blend. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so I think yeah. So so next week we'll do blends, and in that same vein, because I st- I generally start with the wine first and come up with the tech afterwards, is sort of you know hybrid technology or bridges between technology. Oh, Ooh. mashups. Mashups. Yes. Bridges. Yes. I love it. Yep. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. That 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 sounds good. Uh, before we go, I had one question here. Favorite Halloween candy, in case we don't talk about Halloween again. Oh, we will. You have to think about it? Oh, I my God. I don't have to think about it. It's Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. But... Oh, okay. <laughs> Colin? Um. But how do you like the Reese's peanut butter cups? Do you like the minis? Do you like the regulars? No, like... they have to be regular. Full size, yeah. Are you okay. kidding? No right. minis. So full size, right? Yeah. Not full the size. little ones. Yeah, what I'm struggling with is I'm struggling with favorite candy versus favorite Halloween candy. Like, yes, that yeah, too. That's a, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, classically, mini Snickers as a Halloween candy is just a standby. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know, you can't go wrong with that. It's just the. Thing. I, I'm, a, I'm a big Reese's fan as well, and that was also another one. Um, and the one, actually, what, what I what I really love, but no one freaking ever give, gives out, are mounds or almond joy. I love me some coconut. I really? love mounds. Yeah. Yes, um, the almond joy is okay, but the mounds yeah. for me, like I, I will go and get that at the mm-hmm. store and just have it. But yeah, no so, one ever gives it out anymore. So I'm sorry, you guys know I love you both to death. But the only people that eat candy with coconut in it are psychopaths. Like <laughs> legit, straight up. Come at me, bro. Psycho. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my my candy. So I am down with the um, with the Snickers, the mini Snickers. But it has to be frozen. They have if they if they're like at room no. temperature or oh no. You know what? No. If you if your if your kid gets a mini Snickers, Melissa. Put it in the freezer and then eat it after it's been frozen. And I'm then... not doing that. You'll lose a tooth. God damn. That's not... Oh like... my god. You know what? <laughs> Y'all actually made me swear on this podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, no. Those things are are like ice nope. rocks. No. In in, in uh, incorrect. Wait, wait, first of all, Melissa, goddamn is not really swearing. I mean, sorry. I mean, <laughs> You know, maybe some Mennonite world that you live in, yes? Okay. No. <laughs> sadly, not in a Mennonite world. Actually, not sadly. Happily not. <laughs> but still. Um, no. Wait, wait. Uh, by the way, can, I we talk this about, notion. can we talk about your jacket before we go? Yeah. What's up with my jacket? No, no, I love the jacket. It's yeah, amazing. It's, so... Yeah. There's a story behind this jacket, of course, but mm-hmm. it has this awesome um, animal on the back that has like a blue mouth. Um, it's what is it? Leopard print, I guess. And it's got yes. this amazing bejeweled animal, animal on the yeah, back yeah. with a blue mouth and and whatnot. And I've had it for a while, and um, 
some stylist at Nordstrom talked me into it, and it's it was an awesome selection. But then Tiger King came out, and <laughs> one of my friends at work, who is obsessed with Tiger King, was having a really, really, really bad day. So I'm like, I'm going to wear this epically awesome jacket, which also has little versions of the um, leopard or whatever the heck it is on the front, too. And I'm like, I'm going to wear this awesome jacket, and I'm going to talk to him, and he's going to feel better. And it worked. So now I have it hanging on the back, and I'm like, make someone's day. So, yeah, that's my jacket. What can I answer about my jacket? No, 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 I'm glad. <laughs> I, to be honest, I couldn't, I couldn't tell if it were, if, if it was some unusual cat print or a uh, giraffe print. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to tell, yeah. I was, like, I was like, a giraffe print jacket, that's a little, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, it's all good. And, and I'm all for Tiger King. It's, it's a hot mess, but it, it is what it is. <laughs> I got through 10 minutes and I'm like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll probably go back to it. It's it's just a little too close to home, kind of coming from white trash. <laughs> well, no, same thing. I, I I have I have my 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 two best friends out here finally tried to watch it two weeks ago, and they were like, "Oh my god, they can't watch it." It's, you know, and it's like, you know, and like I, you know, they they clued in within the first ten seconds about the meth, and you know, and I was like, and yeah, I was like, and, and I was like, until like you know, until they actually mentioned the word meth, I you know, I. I they slowly walked me to there, but they were like, it's meth, it's drama, it's like white trash, I'm done. And they're up. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we're yeah. close to the hour. We're, yeah. we're pretty much at the hour. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's time to wrap up. So thank you all for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Peace out, everybody. Peace out. Tune in next time.